Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Hey there, Kathleen. How hey. are you? How are you doing? Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was going to say Happy Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I keep thinking of? That song, put on your Sunday clothes when you feel down and out. Oh my God. Which is one of my favorite songs. That's my go-to song when I feel like shit. <laughs> oh God. Woo, girl. That's such a good song. I know. Um, it's so good. Uh Anywho, uh, this is Old Hollywood Realness. Welcome back. This is the podcast that celebrates all the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. That's right. I'm Philip Estrada. I'm Kathleen Nall. Um, And we are actually here to discuss a very special movie today mm-hmm. um, because we had got a listener request. Yeah. Um, this one's going out to a wonderful um, listener who wrote us. Her name is... Uh, Mandy, and um, she asked if we could do the Great Race. Yep. Yep. From 1965, <laughs> and um, it's from Warner Brothers. And um, she wrote in to tell us how great she loved this show and that it means so much to her, which was super sweet. And um, she also yes. loved that I did Paul Lind impressions. So <laughs> I was like, I mean, don't we all? I was just like, okay, well, you got me there. So uh, we're going to do anything you tell us to do. <laughs> I was like, because I love a Paul Lind impression. <laughs> you know, it's the great race. Uh, <laughs> He would have been fabulous in this movie, oh by the way. Oh, my God. He would have been so good. He would have been good as Mr. Fate, uh, as Professor Fate, actually. Oh, <laughs> Full steam ahead. <laughs> oh, God. He would have been amazing. Push the, push the button, Max. <laughs> you know what? That is, that, that, uh, it's too bad he wasn't in a Blake Edwards movie. Oh, because he would have been would've, so good. He crushed it. He was made for oh, Blake Edwards films. So, um, <laughs> yes. So, as you said, Kathleen, this movie was directed by Blake Edwards. Perfect transition. Um, yep. <laughs> Let's see who we got in this movie. We've got Jack Lemmon playing Professor Fate. He also stars as the Crown Prince Frederick Hopnick later on Mm -hmm. in the film. Uh, Tony Curtis plays the great Leslie. Miss Natalie Wood plays Maggie Dubois. Peter Falk Mm -hmm. plays Max Million Mean. Uh, Keenan Wynn plays Hezekiah Sturdy. Um, Arthur O'Connell plays Henry Goodbody. Vivian Vance of I Love Lucy fame as okay. Hester Goodbody. When she popped up, I was like, excuse me, making powder. Like, <laughs> she looked amazing. She looked <laughs> so it <cool>. good. Um, <laughs> Dorothy Povine plays Lily Olay, which I loved her so much. Yes. Um, Larry Storch <laughs> played Texas Jack. Ross Martin played Baron, Baron Rolf von Stupp. And Ross Martin, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put him right next to our good friend. Um, why can't I'm sorry? It is early in the morning and I cannot remember. Oh, names, that's okay. But I was like, put him up with um with all my other daddy crushes. Um, 
We've got George McCoy. You mean Rod Taylor? Yeah. We got Rod Taylor, Ben Mankiewicz, and Ross Ros- Martin. It's the pantheon ben of daddies. I was actually going to go. It was like, it's either Ben Mankiewicz or Rod Taylor. It's Rod know. Taylor. It's both. <laughs> um, Let's face it. Like you said, the opinion, that you're like, now that's a dad bod. Yeah. Um, George McCoy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's like uh, we're like five we're like five minutes in and it's already TMI. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, that's a dad bot I'd like to shag. <laughs> okay, where was I? Uh, George McCready as General Custer, um uh and Martin Kaplan as frisbee and then we got hal smith as mayor of baracho which i actually had to google it because i was like is this the actual because um the mayor of baracho is straight up yosemite sam like (laughs) (laughs) and i was like (laughs) yeah he's like call sarnet bracken fracking decken i was like dude that is had to be and it's not it is because um, he did not play Yosemite Sam at any point, but Hal Smith actually, cause I did a Google wormhole while I was in, um, while I was in Asia ever heard of it. Um, <laughs> and it turns out he did do a lot of, um, voice acting, but he never played Yosemite Sam, which I was honestly surprised. Oh um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's done by Mel Blank. It he was, did, like, started. Everything. Yeah. It was started yeah. by Mel. He definitely started by Mel Blank, but then eventually yeah. it was taken over by other people like after his uh-huh. death and stuff. But um, yeah, I was almost certain that that was the, but it isn't. It's Yosemite. Yosemite Sam was, yeah. um, was Mel Blank. So the costumes of this movie are des- the, designed by Don Feld and Edith mm-hmm. Head is credited as doing Natalie, Wo- Natalie Wood's looks. So yes, um, Don Feld. Did you have any? Um, oh, we're actually. Wait, before we get into that. Sorry. Uh-huh. It's been a while. I've been in. So I wanted to do formally apologize for the um, social media blackout that happened oh. <laughs> because I was in China. Um, little known fact, all social media is blocked in China. So I was yeah. posting on the Facebook feed and the Instagram feed up until I was in Hong Kong. But the second I went into China, I could not access anything for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff. So apologize well, for that. Now that now that we know that, I mean, if you want me to be substitute teacher and Fill uh, in and not, we can coordinate later. Uh, we'll so. figure it all out. But I just want to apologize. I hope everyone didn't think that we had like fallen off the face of the earth. Oh my um, god, where'd you go? <laughs> it was a whip back, where's baby. Your, um, where's my daily dose of glamour? <laughs> <laughs> the the cold brew is kicking in. <laughs> yeah. It's like I got you I got your glamour right here. <laughs> <laughs> We're entertaining. You're all pa- Paul Lind and grinding teeth right yes. now. <laughs> I love my Paul Lind is literally just a, a, um, entertaining us and one other person. That's exactly what's great. This one's for this one's for you, Mandy, um, <laughs> and me. <laughs> well, okay, so Kathleen, what is your history with the Great Race? You know, I, I actually, I got to say, I have zero history with this movie, and it wasn't until we got the suggestion that I even looked this movie up. Mm-hmm. That being said, I mentioned this, uh, you know, again, because 
my mom and I, we like to talk, and I, I love getting her insight on some of these movies. And as soon as I mentioned it, she was like, oh, The Great Race with Jack Lemmon and Natalie Wood. And I was like, wait, excuse me, what? <laughs> but it was when my mom, my mom, again, my mom was born in 1950, so she was like a teenager when this came out. Um, she really remembers this movie, and it was very much, it looks like it was kind of a commercially, it was a flop. But then um, when I did my research, it's got like 4.5 stars on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's got all these really great reviews where people just really cherish this movie. And um, so it really sort of, it really must strike a, a chord with some people and they really love it. And I was, uh, so yeah, I, I, this was completely new to me. It was really fun to kind of research. And as soon as I found out, it was also Blake Edwards' movie, who he made a little movie, maybe heard of it, called Victor Victoria, uh, which is like one of my greatest movies uh, of all time. Favorites. Uh, okay, so I was like, I'm in. Like, we have to do this. Way down in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, and it, so I'm kind of. Sp- I'm, new kind of oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I know. No, no, no. It's okay because I know chronologically this that would be a later movie for oh, us to sure, do. But, no, but you just let me know. Oh well, because I feel like it's in our canon. It's in so. the queue. It's in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. But with that, I, I feel like in, in some way, when we watched this movie, I was kind of familiar with Blake Edwards' comedy style. Mm-hmm. Like, he loves a good crowd of chaos, you know? <laughs> like sure a does. fighting scene. And again, it reminded me of, like, I would, one of my favorites, again, Victor Victoria, the diner scene where they had the cockroach. Oh, my God, yes. And you just totally slowly does. see them all freaking out from, like, you're, you're like, your view is from the streets. So you just <laughs> see silently people, just chaos, like, yes. slowly move through a restaurant, and it's genius. So, um, so I could, uh, yeah, so this was all new to me and I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. This movie is lavish. Holy oh, yes. shit, this movie this is lavish. So good. But, um, but how about you? Was this, um, have you ever seen this? So actually this one had kind of been on my radar a little bit. I, I don't, I've never seen it. Um, mm-hmm. And when it was suggested to me, I had already kind of seen a couple of stills from it. And I was like this, I just kind of loved the, uh, the aesthetic of it. Cause it's pe- yes. period. It is yes. a period piece. It's sort of 19, the teens, I guess the 1912-ish sort of era. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, it uh, the photos always struck me as being interesting. And um, I think I had Googled around just to see who the designer was. And it was Adam Edith Head for Natalie Wood. So um, that's basically the kind of cursory knowledge I had. It's always been kind of in the queue of like it, when I had, when we had like Filmstruck or anything like that, they, and it was available. Mm-hmm. I just had it in there, but never actually sat down to watch it until we got to this movie. And yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um mm-hmm. It, I think it does, it does suffer from being slightly too long, personally. Yes, it's like, yes. for, I think for modern audiences, I think that it's a little bit, um, it, some scenes could go on a little, like a couple minutes too long, like right. where you're just like, um, but probably in 1965, it probably would have been just in like a theater setting. It probably would have been pretty good to build that sort of comedy and stuff. I just don't think that, yeah. you know, today's it's, it's kind of aged well in the f- sense of how comedy timing is in movies nowadays. So, yes. but that being said, this movie has, some mother and looks like oh, oh my, my god. god the looks oh, and i don't know who do we talk about first the men or the, the just, ladies we need I, mean... To, we, I mean let's just start talking like honestly yeah. there's it's just ridiculous i think where i think i was reading on like the imdb trivia she's natalie wood's got like 19 costume changes or something like something oh, ridiculous I know. it's and 
Wow, ridiculous! And they even included the uh, just the, at the end where she's wearing nothing but her corset and the um and the ja- um and the military jacket. Yes. <laughs> like they counted that yes. as a costume change. <laughs> I was like, you're like nineteen. Why not? <laughs> Looking good. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Oh my god. Uh, there. And I honestly like when it, from a costume and like looks perspective, would you agree that for Natalie Wood? This is like her clear day. Like the way clear day is to Barbara Streisand, this to me is oh like to Natalie. Because she's, like, she's never looked more beautiful. No, like, yes. I, this is the I, absolute she is gorgeous. pinnacle of gorgeous. how great she looks. I mean, honestly, yeah. and I think that there's even like this one, this movie has, oh, excuse me. This movie rivals, almost rivals, or I don't know. It's a, t- a toss up between this and Gypsy. Like there's two oh, very, sure. very, like they. And she looked amazing in Gypsy. She looked so that's like really hard for me to Gypsy. say, but I was just like, mm, this might be her clear day. And I th- like, I mean, yes. I guess the only way to benchmark that. So <laughs> I think that this really is sort of like, I, I would actually, because now, you know, I'm going to have just to go say she probably looked better in this movie than she did in Gypsy only because she was glamour consistently through and she had so many good looks. So and many so, looks. The yeah. furs, darling. Oh my God, the, the hats. Oh that, my God, the oh, hats. Geez. Oh, Oh, and the boas. That feather, uh, oh, well, the girl, oh my gosh, her name escapes me, uh, Olay. Oh the, yeah, Lily Olay, uh, Dorothy Lily Olay. Yeah. Her, I was just like, as soon as I saw her come out with that yellow feather bow, I was like, oh shit, Philip. Yeah, shit, I know, yeah. Where are you? When she came out, I was just like, excuse me? And then, first of all, I was like, when that she came out and she started performing that, I was like, why wasn't this movie, this should have been a musical. This should have been right? a musical. This really should have. Yeah. yeah. They could have gotten they had, rid of a couple of scenes and like they could have gotten rid of some long sequences and put in some yeah. musical numbers and I would have been a pig and shit like oh well, and my even, god even the way like um like Victor Victoria isn't necessarily a musical because they don't stop what they're doing and sing oh, like right. in life it's, a, it's um, more like there's musical numbers mm-hmm. but like there could have been more musical numbers totally. in here like and I think it actually for me as a watcher I would have been even more engaged yes. I'm like oh here's another one yes. you know, like yes. here we go because Dor- it was so funny because uh, Dorothy Povine's uh, character that song is adorable, but also you're just uh-huh. like, is she saw it singing about being beat up by her boyfriend? Because that's well, not cool. Well, then she got thrown around. Like, then there was those moments where I was like, oh my God, they did it not once, but twice. He literally shoved her and threw her into people. Yes. I was like, oh And she just God. got up and did it again. And I was like, what? Again, some of this stuff does not age well. Slightly problematic, <laughs> but it's pretty funny. Like, and she uh, was so, and of course her hair is so 60s. In the, so the, the, 60s. Oh my God. I love it, but like I love also too that she's got these I'm obsessed with those little flyaway curls that they gave her which uh, oh, give her Natalie a Woods. very cartoon look Natalie Woods okay, oh yes oh, but okay sorry you were talking about the other well, I was talking she's about Dorothy like, Povine's giant like wiglet she's got and like, like full on every drag queen <laughs> in the late 60s look <laughs> totally every it's so good and then they just wear that until they're like in their 80s Basically. like that is just that is like old lady dreams. But right I mean, there. But, like, <laughs> but what you were saying just about the curls. So um, they yeah. use Sidney Yelaroff. Yeah, I was going like to say that's he, that's Sidney's. They pulled right him there. in, and yeah. um, this movie is straight up a cartoon. Like it is it a straight is. up cartoon. And I was reading that this movie was the direct inspiration for um, Hanna Barbera's Wacky Racers. Oh, Wacky Racers. Yeah. And um, so it's literally because I think at the very beginning when Natalie Woods like she just enters the race and she's in that full pink head yes. to toe, dad to match. 
DTM. Oh my Le- god, I, with the matching glasses. The, it's like bubblegum pink. Yeah, I, I just love like, it. I literally was just like, is that Penelope Pit Stop? Like, it's straight up Penelope yep. Pit Stop. And I was like, living for it. She looked so adorable. And she just like no, sitting all up. So you know how when someone's like sitting up in their chair all proper and she just looks so yep. full of herself. And I'm like, I loved it so much. It's so good. I know. Oh. This It really did. When I was watching this, yeah, I, I kept thinking about Batman. It has such a living cartoon. Totally. It's the closest oh thing to feeling like a cartoon to like like the Batman series. Yeah. You know? And I think it but like you were saying, those, those flyaway curls, like even when she's wearing a hat, they literally put it they, li- they put it outside it into, oh of that. <laughs> it's wrapping around it. the birds. I just I and I know that it's like, oh well that's just hair, but I'm just like a lot of thought I kept looking I'm like a lot of thought went into her hair, her coiffure. Well, I like just, you know Sydney was like like he designed that specifically just for her, just for that look, mm-hmm. just for that character. It wasn't like, oh, we're just gonna give her a period hairstyle, or we're just gonna give her a period hairstyle that kind of has a '60s vibe. No, this was developed just for this character, and it it shows. Well, it's like it makes it makes her a cartoon. Exactly. It, I, I I was obsessed with it. I just kept staring at her little curls, like when she like every outfit because they were always styled, like you said, like perfectly coiffed and styled for each look. Yeah. And um and I, I even when her hair was down, she had those weird little curls. And and uh, and but I loved it. I loved. I thought her makeup was gorgeous. Like again, she just never she looked, looked more fantastic. beautiful. Fantastic. But I think what yeah. I think what Blake Edwards probably did was just like anything. He encouraged everyone to sort of like do anything that was funny. Like I think yes. the fact yeah. that he allowed them allowed like Sydney Geeler off to do sort of like a, like almost like wacky hairstyle. Like it's just like these yeah. subtle little like inside jokes and Easter eggs to themselves. Like apparently exactly. all these things in this movie were things that I didn't even catch what I was reading about. Like where in Professor Fate's castle or something, there's a moose head on one side and then they cut to him walking through the door to the next room and on the, on the wall mounted is the rest of the the moose, so it looks like the moose's head <laughs> is like just sticking ass. through the window, <laughs> sticking through the wall. And I was like, nobody would have noticed that. Like, I would have. So, I mean, that's I'm, pure Blake Edwards. Yeah, right it there, just like you know? so many like subtle jokes and stuff. Subtle, and I was like, yeah. Oh my god. I just love. I, I picture like Sydney. They're like, okay, Sydney, who's probably like just a pure class act who's been doing this shit forever. But at this point, and he's like, okay, we want you to kind of do something whimsical and crazy. He's like, I haven't done anything this crazy since the prodigal. Oh my god! Oh my god! We need to talk about Peter Falk. Can we please oh, talk about he, Peter okay, Columbo yes. Falk in this movie? It's he's so, so he's, funny. He's so cute. He's so young and like yeah, he's really funny. I got, I'm not to lie, I did have a kind of a little crush on him too in this movie. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's like, adorable. Okay. He's adorable. Yeah. The long suffering Muttley, basically. <laughs> yep. Well, and I was reading, you know, when I was kind of reading a little bit about this, I guess you know, when one of the reasons why people like this so much and probably like people liked it at the time was that he was really trying to emulate like Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Which I have, I grew up seeing maybe a couple of key Laurel and Hardy movies and I did enjoy them as a really little kid, but I don't know enough about them. And I know they're actually making like a biopic or something of them right now, Oh yeah. which um, it looks kind of amazing. Um, but so it, yeah. And it's, it's all about their relationship and, and sort of, um, but they were a really great comedy duo. If you guys don't really know about them, they, they were from like the silent era and, and Blake Edwards was really trying to give this like a Laurel and Hardy feel 
mm-hmm. like the whole movie in general just you know and like the whole like the 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 pie scene like that was that was something just sort yes. of a hearkening back to one of their movies and stuff like that but i don't have a whole lot of context to really compare the two yeah we'll have to but, watch um, more laurel and hardy movies mm-hmm. to sort of get but uh yes but i was i was like uh but i have an undeniable old-timey crush on jack lemon i think he's wonderful oh my god jack i lemon fell in love with so him in the apartment in and i just he's so good in this movie and watching this like because i watched this movie twice and i did especially the second time around i was like legit laughing at him i'm like you are so i love you so much <laughs> but again i told you my type is funny yeah. so like i love jack lemon he's just so funny and again i fell in love with him in the apartment he's oh, just yeah that movie, which I mean, I'm I love me some Shirley MacLaine, but I think Marilyn Monroe could have done that part s- some justice too. Oh, yeah. Anyway, but I, I love it. he's so he I, he's just so cute. I just love him, yeah. love him, love him. Yeah, this was actually because um this they, they were uh sorry, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis had done some like it hot in '59, so this yes, would have been only six right. years later that they were t- kind of teamed up, and I'm sure they would have mm-hmm. um heavily promoted that. It was like teaming them back up so from yep. some like and this movie actually wasn't a commercial failure. It did. It ended up making a, a. It did cut a profit, not a huge one, but and it was the uh, most expensive com- comedy at the time, which I think is kind of cool. So it has holds that um, record, which is yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I um I was what was I gonna say? Uh, um, oh, oh, that reminds me when you said about Jack Lemmon mm-hmm. and Tony Curtis, I did, I was, and I was coming through some of the Amazon reviews kind of like, why do people like this movie so much? And, um, someone also did mention like, this could have been a great vehicle for, for Marilyn instead of Natalie Wood. I'm like, I could have seen that. Yeah. She would have, she would have actually, cause I was reading about how Natalie Wood was like, you know, and I'm like, this isn't the first time I've read that she kind of didn't want to do a movie, but she did it anyway. Yeah. Um, and she, she was kind of reluctant, like, wasn't really like, I mean, I think she, she worked hard in this movie i'll give her that mm-hmm. but like it just wasn't her you know i it, like maybe her heart wasn't in it or, or, or she didn't have like the comedy chop like kind of gets criticized for maybe not having the comedy chops mm-hmm. and then on the other hand i personally think that marilyn was like a hot clown so like she could have probably <laughs> and i think if if you know like in theory because in my mind i'm like if she had a you know stayed alive and maybe had better people around her like she, you know like this could have been a really good i think she could have really um clowned it up pretty good in this and oh, like completely. rolled with the punches and also looked amazing and uh, everything they could yeah. have just aged her down a little bit like to be like 30 ish and then which wouldn't have been hard and then like she would have yeah she would have crushed it totally I, just my opinion so. um well i actually did some research as well on don feld the costume designer nice yeah yes he he uh he was an interesting dude yeah um so i was just kind of doing some cursory email it's just like because i wasn't familiar with his career as much but he ended up uh he was so he's credited as don feld two words in this movie um but he also went by don feld just one word but um he was born in uh july of 1934 actually in los angeles so he's a hometown boy and uh his full name was donald lee feld um and the reason he might be familiar to some people is because he was um credited at on as costume designer of 36 of the 59 episodes of wonder woman and is credited as the brains behind linda carter's iconic wonder woman look so he did that so he's so whenever you see that that's he kind of brought that to life so to think about him as doing that and i love the idea of these people who um design the kind of um almost 
the iconic looks for like characters and stuff like that to almost so now that sort of sets the tone of everyone to kind of come after it so mm-hmm. whenever you're referencing um, a wonder woman that's the always the one that you reference is the Linda yeah. carter wonder woman he also um is notable for such other titles as viva las vegas in 1954 or 64 he designed jill st john's wardrobe and diamonds are forever which has the best james bomb theme song my my personal favorite <laughs> And he also designed the looks for Spaceballs in 1987. Yes. Which I know, I was going to mention that. Like, I, I just love that he did He did a lot of like these iconic looks that were parodies. Mm-hmm. You know, like even in The Great Race, they're like parody like parody style like you know he even did like robin and the seven hoods you know and like oh my god um, yes yes he did sorry keep continue i've got something oh no no that's okay but then but then he did like and then i also remember because i saw this movie fairly recently and it's super dark is that movie they shoot horses don't they with oh um, yeah with jane fonda Mm -hmm. which is totally like 1930s depression but again it's that like it's sort of a weird parody take and like where everything's kind of cartoonized but even in that way it's it's dark but it's like real gritty you know and uh but he's good I mean I think he had a lot of range and uh it's like from what like he doesn't have the super long list of movies but what he did you're just like oh my god you did that yeah. you did that he did some wow and like stuff. space balls I mean hello I mean, you know like that on. is just Get out of here. like yeah <laughs> so right <good>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised he didn't do the costumes for Victor Victoria, but I'm sure we'll learn all about that when we get to mm-hmm. that movie. <laughs> um, so actually, I did want to talk about something on his early career. He started working as a um, art director for Capitol Records as one of his first nice. jobs. And um, what happened was, is that where is this? So I'm reading. I was reading through his kind of short bio in the book, creating the uh, creating Ill- the illusion, which was a gift um, given to us by uh, Vincent Rosemary Keenan, um, the you know the get- kids behind the Renee Patrick um, authorship. So um, <laughs> got to give them a shout out. Check them out on the um, this gun for hire episode. And um, uh, so they gave me this book, and there's a there's a biographies on pretty much everybody. So um, he ended up. So where does it say? It says Don Held had been at Capitol Records for seven years when he found out that the his assistant was making more money than he was. Don Feld approached his bosses and asked for a raise. They decided to let him go instead. Wow. I know, right? Piece of shit. I know. God. But while working at um, Capitol Records, he was given all the difficult clients to work with for their um, for their album cover art, which included such people as one Miss Judy Garland and one <laughs> Mr. F- one Mr. Frank Sinatra, right? Oh my God! Amazing. I know. So what he ended up doing was is that um, let's see. So he ended up calling Frank Sinatra for for um, for advice and help. And um, his assistant was like, oh, he's actually in Las Vegas right now. Um, so um, he basically just left a message with his, with um, uh, Frank Sinatra's secretary. Mm-hmm. And then he, he was just basically thinking to himself, "What? nothing's going to happen. Like, I just, you know, it's just sort of whispering into the wind. Is sort of Yeah. Deal. Okay. Yeah. So. Don Feld was sure that he would hear not he would hear nothing. Within 20 minutes, Frank Sinatra called back and said, "What's up, kid?" Oh my god. <laughs> um, he said, "I've just been fired from Capitol Records and I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life." Don Feld um so then Sinatra told him to get said, "Give me a half an hour." 
Um, later, um, the phone rang and it was Sinatra. He said, you have an appointment with Arthur Freed at MGM at 1230 and you have an appointment oh with God. Vincent Minnelli at 1.30. Frank Sinatra said, so um, fr- uh, this is from a quote from Don Feld. Frank wow. created Don Feld's, oh, sorry, this was from somebody else. Um, Frank created Don Feld's entire second career, so you can never say anything against Frank Sinatra to Don Feld. Uh, for oh, the rest well, of his that's life, awesome. for the rest of his life, Don Feld always referred to him as Mr. Sinatra and other in front of other people. <laughs> wow, How amazing is Dude. that? So his, it's like he. Everybody has like all these greats have these like I, they all have their own Sinatra story. I know it's so <laughs> interesting. It's like it's kind of rad that you could just like call up Frank Sinatra and be like, "Oh my hey, god, yeah." Uh, he didn't even ask for anything. He's just like, "I don't know what I what to do." So it just sort of like I kind of love that he wasn't too big. He he was kind of um, at the point of his career where he didn't mind asking for help in a way where he's just like, I don't know what to do. Is there anything sort of thing, which I think is really cool to hear about that. So I, yeah, it's cool. He basically just started his career as a sketch artist on Spartacus. And then from there, it ended up he ended up working more and more and more. So that's wow. the start of his career. And I did want to say there was he um he ended up dying in 2007 at the age mm-hmm. of 72. Um, and he, I think the later years in his career, he kind of got taken for a ride from his like business managers and stuff. So no he ended way. up not, yeah, having the great, his final years weren't that great. Oh, but man. he, this is a quote that I thought was actually kind of cool. He said, in my work, I try to collect all my thoughts and say to myself, be grateful for what you have and what you are. And the more grateful and more than grateful to those who have helped you in difficult days. I keep reminding myself of the wonderful, encouraging people around me. Regret is something I don't have time to consider. Oh, wow. Yeah. He I sounds was like he wonderful... was such a nice person. Yeah, I was just reading this and they said he said he kind of set his house up as sort of like a salon for celebrities and like a p- friends of his and stuff. So he had kind of like oh, he wow. had like one of those little like houses in L.A. where there'd always be like live lively parties and stuff like that going on. So you could kind of you could always just expect sort of a fun time over at his place. So I love the idea of him being kind of a bon vivant kind of type. And having I know. Oh, that's that so stuff. awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, because we've, we've read these stories sometimes where it's like we read about, you know, like certain icons or whatever. They're like, the, you know, oh, they were kind of quiet. They kept to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they maybe would go hang out with friends. And a lot of times that Don Feld was like that friend, you know, yeah. I'm sure that a lot of these people who were celebrities, it's like they probably went way back with a lot of these people who were costume designers, mm-hmm. makeup artists, yeah. hair people. Like they all got their start early and they probably go way back. And, you know, I just love that it's like it, they're like you know it's like that cliche they're just like you and me but in a way it is it's like people just kind of want to like hang out and kick it and just yeah, you know have that place yeah. to go and and I love that like I, just on the heels of um you know a couple of days ago Burt Reynolds passed away yeah and I ended up hearing this really awesome story of like that he used to tell like he had a Sinatra story nice. and I just love how like <laughs> like it's literally like everybody back in the day had a Sinatra story like you weren't somebody unless you had your and and they usually were these really like that guy really was king like yeah. fucking king of California and Hollywood at some point like in the early 60s like when the rat pack were big like that guy could get away with just about anything yeah and and i love that he it's like in a way he he kinda, he did don feld a favor but really the the work was on him on don feld you mm-hmm. know like yeah. he like he he didn't really 
do him a, he gave him a leg up that's what i call that like if you help get secure somebody an interview it's still up to the person to nail the interview you didn't right. get them the job you got them uh uh you know an appointment right so and honestly uh, like, though I, I think that's great yeah <laughs> and i think that he wouldn't have i don't think that he would have went out on a limb for don fell unless sure. unless because unless he, there was a reason and i think that because they worked together and he showed and don Feld showed Sinatra like his work and stuff I mean he did a great yeah. must have done a great job on his album covers enough to feel Seriously. like he was that's like networking at its finest mm-hmm, that's real, how you do it kids you, know? you it. it's probably like Frank's like oh I know some good people who need a good person and here you go like yeah. I'll link you guys you like, know he and it's he just, did me a solid on my, on yeah. my artwork and all that you know it's is that's the sort of thing is it's like I that's the th- the thing that I always impart on young people in the fashion industry is that this industry is too small for you to be a bitch you know, for sure because yeah. guess what and it's getting smaller yes <laughs> I and I'm feel. like guess what The yeah especially the longer you're in your career the more you come mm-hmm. into contact with people and you realize that everyone knows each other like everyone knows each other you know I work with I mean working in Seattle in the industry I've worked with people who've worked with people that I worked with in New York via Ohio via like San Francisco. Like they were just like, I'm like, (laughs) you worked with this woman. She's like, yeah, I worked with her. I was like, um, she's like, I worked with her in, um, in San Francisco. And I'm like, well, I worked with her in New York, but her office was in Ohio. So it's like this. So it's like, it's one of those things. I just never understood that. Like if I, I come across, I've come across terrible people and I'm like, I don't understand how this person has a job. It's because, you know, and, it, I think yep. that it's one of those things is just like being a good person and being good at your job. Just it, it'll, it'll go and take you everywhere you need to go. Anyway, yep. Well, so. or you'll find out sort of like the opposite of like, you're like, Oh God, like how did no. this person get a job? And then you find out like, Oh, they were kind of a dick over here too. You're like, yeah. Oh, well, so <laughs> this, you know, your reputation precedes you mm-hmm. again. Be careful. Yes. <laughs> um, with that being said, we got to get back on the looks of this film. Oh my God. We could talk about office so politics. Many all looks. I know. <laughs> Oh my God! What? We're not here for that. We're here I for know. sequence and oh my and God! An air. This move, first of all, I do got to say, this movie makes me want to buy spats so much. I need so much. I want to wear spats all day long. You also need epaulets. There were a lot of epaulets in here. Oh that girl, I, feel like... I got epaulets. Trust me. <laughs> I also love that there were many comedy bits where, uh, and I, you know, I love when costumes are incorporated into comedy bits. Like for instance, with the the yellow feather boa being flung around in Natalie oh, Wood's face, yeah. and like she just kept doing that where it kept getting draped back and forth like I just and I, yeah boas have a lot of I love that they can be both glamorous and hilarious mm-hmm. if used yes. the right way totally <laughs> there was another there what was that look she had that was amazing Natalie Wood had that look where she was trying to get she was trying to get um, either Professor Fate. Um, she was trying to get Professor Fate to um, allow her to go with in, with his team and she was wearing like a big black and white kind of number oh it was yes. the black and white lacy number with her the la- she had lace a overlay yeah. yeah she had a boa and i had an amazing hat and um there was the boa that was just basically a circle ruffles which yes. i loved that look so much it was amazing and she's just running around and then they end up um they, she ends up in the car and it's like lifting up and all this stuff it's so good so good oh my god can't even there's so much good stuff no there's there's a lot of great looks and yeah the hats i love like just the way they're perfectly perched on her hair yes it just looks so good like defying gravity somehow (laughs) yes i can't even 
Oh my god! And this is such and a I love wonder- the driving coats. Oh, like yes. I love where it looks like. I realized even in a couple of shots, I just assumed she's in a dress, and it turns out she's just wearing an amazing, fabulous like dress coat over pants. Mm-hmm. And There's I'm living for it. So and, many good uh, pants. Even though I'm, I'm, I hate to admit, like the whole like the suffragette stuff and the humor around it, I was like, ooh, it's sort of cringy. But you know, I get it. Like if I look at it through like a Blake Edwards lens, it's funny. But it's just the whole like women be independent and silly. Yeah. You know, like yes. it's, it's just. <laughs> but I think too, it was a, it was actually kind of a bit of a um, like I guess um, what's the word I'm looking for uh a send up and a take to how they were viewed in that era too i think from 19 yes. the early teens and stuff they were you know suffered they weren't really were taken not, seriously yeah they weren't taken exactly. seriously and people just sort of like oh those ladies they'll get tired and they'll you know go back to baking yeah. cakes and you're like that's not exactly what they're doing here so it was, i think it was a little bit of a reference to how people treated and viewed the suffragettes in that era so. totally totally um, <clears throat> There was a one look that I do um, that I loved was the one where remember when the her car broke down right outside of Baracho and she's wearing like the overalls with the split yes, the, the orange yes oh my god it's such a good she looks so <laughs> I, cute and I do love like that was one of my favorite bits where she kind of just flops down on the ground like pretending that she's yeah. like passed out like her comic timing was brilliant she I love that so she quickly, laid on the ground like and then she movie, yeah. I love that she laid on the ground and then had to change her pose because she was like it wasn't convincing enough <laughs> it wasn't convincing enough like she did a great like that legit made me laugh and I yeah. thought that was she was really funny oh I wish she had more like that I wish she had had more opportunities and but they did they had a lot of her kind of like uh chewing scenery in her in her cute um oh my God. <laughs> in her cute outfits but uh but I I enjoyed the the times when she was physical I thought were really funny so funny Oh my goodness! Oh my god, we haven't even talked about um, the professor, or the great Leslie. When uh, you sent me that photo, you oh, sent me I a sh- shot of the beginning. You know what? Of the I'm going to add that to our Pinterest page because I, I was trying to find a good shot of that, but I'll just add that picture yeah, because so it, it is like so Liber- Liberace straightjacket. Yes, at the beginning of the movie when he's um, being tied, um, when he's uh, doing the escape thing from underneath the balloon, the hot air balloon, and he wears a straightjacket with the giant rhinestone L on it. I did. Oh my god! No, it's oh <laughs> that's god. what it's like. I didn't, you from China replied. <laughs> yes. I was like, no, wait. Hey. Let me find it. I said, <laughs> you said, "Ha ha, totes Liberace." I love Tony Curtis. She's such a low key mo. <laughs> <laughs> That's quote Philip Estrada. <laughs> Tony Curtis is a low key though. Like he's. And then I, t- I was telling my mom about it, and I sent her that picture. She's like, yeah, he's, he's like, look at it. He's such a little homosexual. <laughs> like something. I was like, Philip kind of said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he totally is like in this movie I'm just like shut up queen come on <laughs> there's so many like he's supposed to be a sex symbol and I'm just like girl like, <laughs> think that he hasn't looked this gay since I'm like a hot I was like girl. oh my god it's so oh funny I, I thought it was like when are we gonna get to the joke where, where you know and again Tony Curtis pulls up in his Rolls Royce and takes all the costumes <laughs> and drives much. away <laughs> pretty much I will take this a thank you <laughs> Thank you. I don't know when I'll use the straight jacket with a rhinestone L, but you never know. <laughs> Things get a little crazy on Saturday nights. Oh my goodness. Oh, so funny, dude. Oh my god. I've heard I've heard rumors about him when I was when I lived in LA where everyone or I think not even rumors, it was just um someone just offhandedly mentioned that, like, oh yeah, Tony Curtis, he's like a, he's a queen. And I was like, What? He is? And they were like, Yeah, girl. Did yeah. you know? I was like, Oh, okay. 
I like, feel I like guess so. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I think it's really weird. I you know because I always like I like to watch the celluloid closet about once a year, and mm-hmm. he he was interviewed in that, and that was done in like the mid '90s. And when I watch it, I'm like, at first you're just like, wow, this guy's so cool. He's so cool and accepting. And then I'm like, oh, hold on. Uh, <laughs> I watch it. I'm like, wow, no. you're cool, all right. He's like, accepting <laughs> of penises in his mouth. <laughs> said Paul Land. <laughs> He's accepting a penis is in his mouth. <laughs> Much like me. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> just hanging out poolside in a caftan with Paul Land. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> Who do I got to blow to get a drink around here? Oh, that's right. It's my house. <laughs> Tony, get over here. <laughs> Tony, why don't you mince over here and get me a drink? <laughs> oh, and nobody could mince like Tony Curtis in some like it hot. I just love the word mincing around. Like me, I want I want my I want my obituary to read mincing queen dies. <laughs> Mincing Queen dies in in sequin sequin related accident. You had me at Mincing Queen. Oh my god. What a little Mincing Queen. I feel like that's something Quentin Crisp would have said. Probably. <laughs> Wait, wasn't there a movie or something? I swear there's a movie where um, there's a reference to a gay character. And she's, he said, um, he's like something about like, um, look at him walking around. And I think so the response is like, don't you mean mincing or something? <laughs> I forget. But there is a movie that definitely references that. <laughs> Oh my god, this movie. Oh, this movie. It's oh, so funny. So good. Oh god. Oh, she god. did have a lot of costume changes. <laughs> she, she, wow. I think even after the pie scene, she changes costumes twice for no reason. I know. <laughs> they're in the car and they're they cut that they they even reference it in like the under um on IMDB they reference the uh the the, the mistakes or something. And yeah. they said Natalie Wood changes um changes costume three times or something like that after during during the last sequence of the race and they said may, it may have been a um, director's choice like it may have been a, just a joke that she changes she changes twice at the last scene and I kind of loved just, it it was just of like of course it's Blake Edwards he's like please again <laughs> wardrobe change. let's get her in something she, else. they're just like driving and they're like of course she would change her costume I mean it's I Natalie know. and I think even at one point they were on the iceberg they're on the iceberg oh yes she, changed she changes it. Yeah. like three times I'm just like where are these clothes being stored like there's so many furs and there's only like one trunk on this car also I love that she's like she goes on and on about being so independent and a suffragette but who's the first one to be frying up bacon in the morning yeah. oh it's her <laughs> Because women be cooking, (laughs) no matter what. (laughs) We haven't even talked about the actual fact that I had did not realize how gigantic old cars used to be. Those things are the size of legit boats. Like, and those were impressive. Like, that's the thing is not just the costumes, like the sets on this movie, Mm -hmm. the the like every lavish. This movie was so like it it was MGM lavish. It's hard to believe it's Warner Brothers. Does that make sense? I feel like it has a very MGM like quality to it because it's so perfectly polished. 
Um, Fantastic. And and just and yeah, and it's just in that glorious color, and it's very yeah, kind of wacky in that way. But you're right; it can't be MGM because there's not enough musical numbers. No. They just don't do those musical numbers like an MGM would have. They would have oh definitely my. made this a musical. Oh my god! Do you know what this movie could have used? Was that um this the number from uh, Blazing Saddles, the French Mystique? <laughs> the, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> they're doing the French Mystique, Katsuks. <laughs> oh my gosh! So good. Stick out your tush. <laughs> Give it a push. <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing it's like you know like blake edwards and rel brooks like i did they ever hold hands and do a movie together because i, I feel like they, they were just sort of doing work like side by side you know what so i mean <laughs> uh, and i love me some mel brooks oh, we God. have to do a mel brooks movie at some point because i i have a again i have a very old-fashioned crush on mel brooks <laughs> <laughs> I love oh me some my funny. goodness! <laughs> um, so, goodness, uh, where are we? And okay, should we? We should probably talk about the storyline of this movie. Yeah, um, let's get it's okay. A, it's a it's a it's a well it's a robust story it's a line. robust film. <laughs> um, so this is basically like I so we were saying the Great Race. This is basically a, um, a classic melodrama and begins with the introduction to the Great Leslie, played by Tony Curtis. He's a charming daredevil who loved by all manner of ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Um, especially the ladies. So um, <laughs> we're also introduced to his rival, Professor Fate, played by Jack Lemon. Um, he's a ne'er do well daredevil as well, who browbeats his assistant, Maximilian Mean, played by the dadalicious Peter Falk. <laughs> and uh, Fate is always trying to sabotage Leslie and in turn ends up sabotaging himself. So it's that whole sort of trope, which is played for great laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, so Leslie meets with uh, the premier car, American car manufacturer to hold a race from. New York City to Paris. Fate crashes the meeting and proclaims that he will win the race. Um, and the car manufacturers build Leslie um, a souped-up car, and Professor Fate builds himself an equally impressive car. Um, so, with word of the race hitting the streets, we are introduced to Maggie Dubois' character, play- played by Natalie Wood. Uh, mm-hmm. She handcuffs herself to the men's room door of the New York Sentinel in order to demand a job as a journalist. Um, and um, and, and as an entrance to um, an entrant to uh, cover the race. So the editor played by um, Arthur O'Connell is bullied into allowing man uh, Maggie to have the job. Um, his wife played by Vivian Vance couldn't be more pleased with the outcome since she is a suffragette. Um, I love that scene when they're doing the sit-in and he opens the door and she falls in and she's like, she's, she's like jobs for women. And don't forget we have dinner with the, with the Smiths tonight. <laughs> Wear something nice. Like she's like, so funny. Um, so the race begins and Max has sabotaged all the cars, including their own, um, which leaves only three cars in the race. Um, after all of the, all the mishaps. So it's fate, Matt, a uh, fate, and Max are in one car. Maggie's um, on her own. And uh, Leslie is traveling with his faithful sidekick, um, Hezekiah, played by Keenan mm-hmm. Wynn. Um, Maggie's car, um, which was in the lead, breaks down. And Leslie offers her a ride to the next refueling stop. And then the whole gang ends up in a small Western-style town called Baracho, um, complete with the singing saloon girl, Lily Olay, <laughs> played by Dorothy Povine, who is who was my spirit animal. Uh, um, right. I know. <laughs> Uh, 
and Fate and Max arrive first, but are, are refused gas because they have no interest in staying and being honored, where Leslie gladly accepts. And can we talk about the teeth glint in all of this movie when, oh, when, when he geez. smiles and there's the Ask little like... Ask me about Ding. my choppers. So yes. good. I love, I love the teeth glint. <laughs> I, think, I think when I first started watching the movie and like in the very beginning, his teeth glint like that. And I was like, oh, I'm on board for whatever is about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> this movie clearly knows what's up. Tony Curtis had that installed just for I the know. movie. <laughs> Pretty much. He kept them. He just put that in his Rolls Royce with the costumes and peeled on out of there. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so a huge bar fight breaks out when Texas Jack, played by Larry Storch, doesn't like the affection Lily applies to Leslie. Uh, mm-hmm. During the fight, Fate and Max steal the gas and destroy the rest. Uh, Maggie stows away in their car to continue the coverage of the race, but is then he but is left behind in the desert um, when they discover her. So Leslie uses a mule team to a mule team to pull his car to the next fueling station and eventually comes across Maggie. He agrees to take her to the next station, but no further. So Leslie wants to put Maggie on a train back to NYC, but she ends up tricking and handcuffing Hezekiah and sending him back instead. So she continues along toward Alaska with Leslie, where their car um uh, where they end up camping in their car during a blinding snowstorm. Um, mm-hmm. And Fate and Max are lost and end up parking right next to Leslie's car. Um, after a mishap, including a polar bear, uh, they all four end up camping in Leslie's car where they stay warm together. Um, and during that scene, was this kind of like a reference to like <laughs> like a four-way or something? I did not understand. I, I, I was it just was, like, this is very, getting a little you know, suggestive. It was like, this is our ode to the swing in 60s. I guess. <laughs> this is close as we're going to go. Yeah. This is this is a key party of sorts. <laughs> um, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and of course, it would have been funny if at one point... Um, if at one point, um, Natalie Wood's character just got kind of shoved out into the snow. I know. <laughs> you just see a white glove, just yeah. like Tony <laughs> Curtis. AKA the Paul Lynn special. <laughs> Get out of here, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, a girl. <laughs> you take your vagina and take it somewhere else. <laughs> What was I think there's a joke attributed to Paul Lynn, but I think it's a, maybe a Hollywood. And leave that hat. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a part of a Hollywood lore where he had this joke that he would say, where he's like, "I went into the," uh, he's like, "I went into the women's locker room. It smelled like pussy. I guess." <laughs> <laughs> I I need you need to just learn all of the Paul Lynn stories, and just every time we bring him up, you're like, "So I heard this Paul Lynn story once." <laughs> I've got so many of them. He's the best. Okay. And then we'll just end it with, and Tony Curtis comes by in his Rolls Royce, takes all the gosh. <laughs> Tony Curtis just rolls by in his Rolls Royce saying, hey, Queen. <laughs> Hi, Queen. <laughs> um, okay. Right, so after the, after the Paul Lynn special, um, <laughs> they um, they wake up the next day to realize that they're on a dr- uh, they're adrift on a on an ice floe. So they uh, they drift for days as the ice is melting, and when they think all is lost, they finally spot land, um, and it happens to be the exact port they needed to go to. And Hezekiah <laughs> is there waiting for Leslie. Um, Leslie's uh, Leslie's ends up becoming mad at Ma- uh, Maggie because of uh, the whole trick with Hezekiah, mm-hmm. and sh- he decides to leave her behind, and then she is um, kidnapped by Fate and Max. So both cars end up in the small kingdom of Carpania, where the drunk Crown Prince um, 
ends up being the spitting image of Professor Fate. And the super hot daddy Baron von Stupp, played by Ross Martin, (laughs) (laughs) and and General Custer, played by George (laughs) McCready, kidnap the prince and forcibly replace him with Fate in order to usurp power from the throne. Um, So so this is my fantasy. (laughs) So... Leslie and Von Stupp end up um, in a classic sword fight with Von Stupp attempting to get away. Uh, Fate ends up behind... um, uh, Fate ends up... uh, Sorry. I wrote this really quickly and I don't know what I wrote. (laughs) Um, um, Okay. So... Uh, I have no idea what I wrote. I'm like, this sentence makes no sense. Fate ends up behind, cased out of the coronation. And take what? I don't. Anyway, uh, so fate um ends up at the coronation, and then he basically like gets found out. So he, Mm -hmm. um, him and Max, um, beat feet out of there. And then they end up taking refuge in a, in a bakery, which ends in all the racers getting involved in a giant pie fight. That's kind of the gist of what that stupid sentence was supposed to say. You're like, there was a pie fight. (laughs) There was a pie fight. Like I said, fate ends up behind cased out of the coronation. (laughs) I don't understand what's so difficult about that sentence. (laughs) It's thoroughly laced with cold brew. Is what yes. it's <laughs> wrote that six seconds before we started before uh, started recording. Everyone leaves covered in pie, to, um, headed towards the finish line in Paris. Maggie and Leslie argue the whole way about um, uh, men and women's roles in sex and relationship. Um, to prove his love, Leslie stops the car just short of the finish line and lets fate win. Fate, angry that he was allowed to win, demands mm-hmm. a rematch. Paris back to NYC. So at the start of the race, Leslie and Maggie are dressed for their wedding. And fate uses a cannon to sabotage Leslie, but ends up bringing down the, the Eiffel Tower itself. Mm-hmm. The and the end the end oh my god yes. so kathleen tell me what is your favorite look from this movie if you can narrow Oof. it down i think well is it bad that it's lily's look because i kind of really Not am living all. for Are that yellow me? Like, it's like first butter of all, yellow that, yes and she looks gorgeous in that but i love how it's like the one shoulder situation mm-hmm. the the boa and i yeah and she comes down from the moon i don't know i, I mean, just it's really amazing, but uh, if, and then uh, if come on, if I could make, uh, I need a moon that comes down from the ceiling uh, every. Yeah. That's how I need to en- enter every scene. That's that I'm just in. how we need to commute to work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my commute. Is I commute by by a moon. <laughs> Floating moon, anyone? That's gonna, it's going to be, I'm going to exchange my um, desk chair for a moon <laughs> suspended from the ceiling. <laughs> and I'm going to be draped across. You're like, look, it's ergonomic, okay? It's about self-care and preventative health care. Yes. <laughs> it's great for the back. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I, I think that was my favorite look. That being said, um, I kind of have a favorite hat. I really Ooh. loved, like, when Natalie Wood, um, at some point, it's one of her, like, driving outfits, and she's got that amazing hat that looks, it's just like a mass of tiny flowers, like, all over oh, her head. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's, like, really, really cool. That and, one was uh, really good. Yeah, but, um, I mean, and then, because I feel like all of Natalie looks, looks are, or Natalie Wood's looks are amazing. Um uh. 
Uh, yeah. And then, of course, let's face it, Liberace straight jacket. Yeah. So I guess I, I kind mean, of have like a few looks. But... No, I got it. I got you. I'm hip to that. What about you? Um, let's see. So I think her, pretty much any fur that she wears in this movie is kind of amazing. Yes. Uh, yes. Like Edith Head was bringing the furs. Like mm-hmm. just, I mean, there's there's a purple fur and a black fur and a green fur. Like she's mm-hmm. she's really bringing the fur game. Her fur game and, is strong. Yeah. Um, and Edith, Edith Head was so good at doing like period looks, but still contemporary to the time because yeah. you can totally see it's like 1900 meets mid 1960s yes. on Natalie Wood and very similar to like Gypsy. I feel mm-hmm. like had that feel too, but um, but also it, it really is like Natalie Wood's look. It's yeah. just sort of like you know it's Natalie Wood in a movie. I um, think honestly these so, are, I think between Gypsy and this movie this is those two are the best she's ever really looked. There's uh, been some other ones where she's iconic. more contemporary and I'm just like meh, you know. I yeah. think she can really do glamour very well, but I do think that there's some um there's some publicity shots of Jack Lemon dressed as the crown prince. Oh my gosh, Pro- he looks he's, so good. But he and also he does the was really and... funny as that character so too. Funny. Where he's just like, dude, I'm telling you, like, how could you not have an old-fashioned crush on Jack he Lemon? He is so, so good in this movie, funny. and he's I so love good. his like, I love his traditional like um, the Professor Fate look, where it's just yes. like a black top hat, and he like really embodies that sort of like. Old timey, uh, old timey character like mustache, mustache twirling. Yeah, he, well, he it ends up becoming Dick Dastardly, but I think yeah. that he's like sort of the prototype for that. But he mm-hmm. does such a great job of doing like that silent era, like a super like movie villain. It's so it's so funny. I loved his. Yes, he, and, he is. And I think the costuming twirling. really helps. Like, <laughs> yeah. and um, gosh, there's so many good ones. I know the costuming really told the story. Like. It was all like the costumes were a focal point in this. This is a costume movie. Yeah. Like it really, really is. That's why like this was such a great, great, great suggestion for us because, mm -hmm. you know, you know, it's not like uh, it's it's, it's, it's a comedy. Yeah. It's it's very slapsticky comedy, but it's but it's also told through costuming and it's fab. And they use the costumes like even the part where like the guy's trying to fall asleep on on the guy with the epaulette and he shoves the epaulette to the side, you know, like there's little things like that where it's like they be they become props in the in the telling the story and, exactly and they're yeah. lavish as fuck like oh even the extras like the suffragettes looked oh, yeah. amazing there's like, vivian vance looked amazing in this movie too the like group there's... shots like these huge mm-hmm. shots of extras every extra looks that's why it was like it has an mgm feel and that the quality like spared no expense yes. like there weren't like shitty looking extras off on the corner like everybody was on point and like the color palette of everybody oh, and the God. costumes like you can tell like just a lot of thought was put into the color theory around like the cost you know like the group shots and what people should be wearing at certain times and it just great 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 Mwah. spicy meatball <laughs> <laughs> agreed um i think i do want to highlight her wedding gown too because yes. um yeah. there's a couple of shots where natalie woods in them and it's like Gorge. her her tits are up and out girls and it she, looks amazing her movies look great in this movie they look like better in this movie than they did in gypsy which how is that possible she's a stripper in that so yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> what? a special special awards go to natalie woods boobies. natalie's boobies yes <laughs> Because <laughs> they're looking good. Oh uh, my goodness! <laughs> um, there, yeah, there's so many good. So, and um, we're just looking through the photos and stuff that we've been finding mm-hmm. for on um, Pinterest and stuff. There's so many good costumes. Yes, and like, and really cute costume design. Mm-hmm. We were able to find some costume sketches of the looks that uh, Edith Head did, and yeah. they're adorable. Like I love, you know, again the 
the costume design, uh, the, the illustrations give a feel for the whole mood of the yeah. costume itself. So they're very animated. They have like, like I love like the suffragette one says, I vote, you know, it's kind of yeah. got these little <laughs> things in it that, that when you look at it, you get a look and a feel for everything. You may not see every construction detail in the picture, but you'll, you get a, a feel for what the costume should be. You know, if you're part of the group that's going to be making that outfit, you get it, you yeah. know, and that's, that's what those sketches served for. They were to, to tell the whole, just give the overall feeling of what they want the look to convey. Yeah. Um, and totally that was Edith agree. Head, man. She mm-hmm. was a, she was a manifester, man. She made shit happen, yeah. you know? <laughs> this, and I think that that's sort of what helped in this movie be a little mm-hmm. bit more rich and lavish is because she kind of came from that era of filmmaking. Yeah. So she knew how to kind of do things up like that. So I think yeah. it really did an amazing job. Um, amazing. And, amazing. And that's not, I mean, this movie is, it's a slow roll. So it's it is a two a and a half roll. hour film. I mean, it's kind of like, it's a long film. So it's, and you know. Yep, people, I was people, reading that. It's um, like it's uh, people are divided on whether or not it's good or bad, but I think right, that it's, exactly. it's got some beautiful, beautiful costumes in it. And yep. I mean, how could you not love Don Felt's stories? Like, oh my God, he's so. I uh, love that. So. I love his. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll we'll end up doing another one of his movies. I wouldn't mind even doing Diamonds Are Forever because let's face uh, it, it has some looks. Okay. I mean, when, you know, it's just like if you're gonna do like you said of all song. the Bond movies to be doing, hello, like that yeah. one is amazing. So, um, but yeah, this movie again very lavish like you said even in just the filming they took their time they went over budget the pie fight alone took five yeah. days to film yeah reading about that was like stressed me out yeah. like because <laughs> like they really did legit use real pies mm-hmm. it took them five days to film it and then there was this whole fiasco where um like they filmed it toward the end of the week and the shooting was halted while the actors took the weekend off over the weekend the pie residue spoiled all over the scenery and when the actors returned on monday morning the set reeked so badly that that the building required a thorough cleaning and large fans to blow out the sour air. The yeah. missing pie residue was carefully recreated with more pies and then resumed shooting. I and mean, like they had to recreate the smears on their costumes. And the walls, like, too. Oh, my God. They had to it redo just, it all. That like, stresses me out. <laughs> just the amount of money that, like, oh, my gosh, the attention to that is just so crazy, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then, like, uh, Natalie Wood, like, briefly choked because she got, like, halt, like, when you, like, and then Jack, like, a pie to the face can hurt. Like, that's, like, a pound or two of something coming at you. And if you have your mouth open at the time, which she did, she, like, almost choked on, like, this pie that was thrown at her. (laughs) I just, like, I would have been pissed. Yeah. Poor Natalie. No wonder you were so angry. (laughs) (laughs) but i'm so glad i wanted to bring that up it was just like that to me was like such a standout uh thing that like i love but just even reading about that like what did you think was going to happen if you like leave your set with like open food all over i know i just don't think they they even thought about it like they're just like oh pies will be fine it's just you know they just thought that they were props and they're like "Uh, (laughs) this is food (laughs) and it gets nasty it's got eggs in it and it's got yeah like they said they used like something like four thousand pies oh my god and then when they were finally done shooting the scene they had a bunch of extra pies and then like threw them all at Blake Edwards <laughs> <laughs> so all in good fun I guess <laughs> sure. oh my goodness was there anything else that we wanted to talk about in this movie um, I don't know besides um, you know pies 
pies and how hot Ross, Looks. how hot um, Ross Martin is. I, I gotta do some More extra Google. Yeah, I gotta do some googling <laughs> on who Ross, the moron Ross Martin. Who is you? I know. I was like, hello. I was like, okay. <laughs> Calm down, Mr. Lind. Calm down. Calm down, Quain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, uh, no, this was great. I'm so glad we did this movie. It was such a, it's it's um it's it is really wacky. I forgot like wacky races. And the only thing I knew about wacky races was I I'm a big South Park fan and they did this one episode where like I think like marijuana becomes legal in Colorado. It was like one of those episodes where they're all like getting high and like eating cereal and watching Wacky Races. And it's like, Wacky Races is on, you know? <laughs> and they kind of did a whole thing with that. So that's why when I watched it, I was like, I think there's a South Park episode about this. <laughs> and it involves weed. Oh, so of anyway, <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, this was really fun. I'm glad we watched it. And uh, it was fun to do. Uh, we did like two Natalie Wood vehicles over the last couple months, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So she's she's pretty great. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thanks, Mandy, for a wonderful recommendation. Yes, thank and, you. Um, I hope Keep them coming, you, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I hope that you enjoy the episode. And, you know, we, we're thinking about you. Um, yep. any, I don't think there's anything else. I could slip slide right into the old social media feeds. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. Shameless you, plug time. Do, 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 Shameless plug. Um, you can hit us up on social media. Um, old Hollywood Realness on Facebook. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Old Hollywood Realness on Instagram at OHR Podcast on Twitter. Um, email us um, Old Hollywood Realness at gmail.com. Check out the website. Um, it'll have links to the Pinterest page, which we'll be pulling um, pulling all the photos and stuff mm-hmm. too. Um, if you'd like, you can all, if, you know, if you're, if you want to, you can follow us over on Pinterest as well. We yeah. um, have all the board. We're building boards out for all of our episodes so that we mm-hmm. can have. Um, you have photos for reference for that. Um, you can give us a five star rating over on iTunes, which will help the visibility of the show and find help totally. other people find it. Just That'd be great. and just like gray patches, dude. <laughs> uh, so much fun. Five stars. Okay, Gray Patches says this podcast has gotten me to really look at the design and costumes of older movies I love to watch. I have seen about half the movies that are um, discussed, and so I, so I look for the ones I haven't seen and then listen to the podcast. Yes, the podcast consists of two friends chatting and occasionally surprising guests drop in, but it's <laughs> but it is a very legitimate listening experience um, and one that I love. And it's also sweet. Um, oh, so nice. Thank you for doing this. When I see that there's that a new one has dropped, it's like I've gotten a gift that day, and it makes me so happy. Oh, thank you Yay. so much, Gray Patches. Um, it's so wonderful. Um, I also want to encourage everyone to join the Facebook group, which is mm-hmm. um, Old Hollywood Podcast Darlings. Um, <laughs> I think I got that right. <laughs> Whoop. So many um, words. I know. It's so hard. Um, uh, sorry. OHR podcast, darlings. Um, we There's a lot of people on there that um, listen to the show and love old movies, and they talk about them, their experiences, and they discuss other things. So it's a great um, a time, a place mm-hmm. for um, listeners and um, lovers of old movies to interact with each other. Um, so check that out when you can. And in the meantime, thanks for listening to OHR. <laughs>